I didn't really care about the month of April anyway. That's not my month. Yeah, pay taxes. Fuck that month. <laughs> I like 420, though. I could do 420, but maybe that's why we forgot. That's why we forgot to do a podcast in the month of April. I went to Denver in April, and uh, 420 was the theme of the whole trip. I mean, how many more ways can the youngins figure out how to smoke the weeds? <laughs> Doing the pot. There's, oh, my goodness. Have you seen that dabbing thing? I haven't, and it should be no surprise to anyone who can see me. I see it, and I'm like, <laughs> whoa, I can't do that. That's that's just not me at all. I'm not a concentrated guy. I can't oh. concentrate on sh- <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah, we didn't get to one in April, and I don't mind. It's just great to see you. Sorry you're not feeling so well. No, I'm, I'm nasally again. My my kids got me sick. They brought something home from wherever, and uh, I'm just trying to drink it away. Yeah, and, and you're drinking beer through a cold, a thing I always respect. <laughs> you got to feed a cold, right? So let's get right into this thing. Um, how many people actually get caught? robbing liquor stores and banks i'm gonna say 95 percent. so i don't think it's that high at all really i think it's probably 40 percent. no way with all the cameras and there's everything's being filmed everywhere you go even in the bathroom well we'll look it up and I don't, i'm not here to answer that question but i think there's two perceptions i think that there's a lot of law-abiding citizens who think that Every single murder and armed robbery goes punished at some level. And I think there's a couple of um, uh, actuaries at the FBI who are like, oh, well, we probably shouldn't publish this fact, but a lot of stuff goes unsolved. Mm-hmm. I, I only know that the murder solve rate used to be around 40%, and then with the new trend towards cold cases, it got up to 50%. But I haven't extrapolated that, extrapolated that into how it pertains to Robin Banks and Robin. I guess the new thing is Robin Dominoes Ooh. and Little Caesar and mobile phone shops. Um, do you want the answer for bank robberies? Go ahead. 60%. So it kind of lent more to me than to you because you said 95% and I said 40 And that's, remember, conspiracy theory, that's what they told you. That's what, yeah, that's what uh, Google, yeah, got unre- the wiki, wiki told me that. Unreported, all kinds of other stuff. And I definitely think that there is a media management campaign. And we talked about media management before. We talked about in 92109 that there was a concerted effort not to publish the number of people who were getting hit by cars. Right. That they were suppressing that because it was really bad for tourism if you ran a pretty good chance of getting mowed down on Grand Avenue. Right. But I think it extends to Robin Banks. They, they don't want people to enter that as a career and be like, my life is a Quentin Tarantino movie. That's exactly what I was just thinking about. Because somebody's like, 60%. You know, I gamble in Vegas with worse odds than that. Yeah. That's a in, strip away idiots for a second. Now, how many people use drug addiction and desperation and all kinds of stuff and those people are going to have a 95% capture rate cuz they're stupid. Right. They're they're not stupid in a classical sense, they're stupid in a desperation sense and those people will all get caught. Murphy's law in reverse. Right, right, right. So I, then there's people who are good at it. That's right. And those people, what's the rate for them? Let's go ahead and just quote one now. 30%. That there's a 30% chance that a good bank robber or a good liquor store heist guy is going to get caught. Yeah, I could see I could see a liquor store more probable getting away with it. Go in there with ski mask and a gun and grab grab and go. What's your personal experience? How many times have you gone to your favorite credit union or bank and hey, it's closed at three o'clock? Why is that happening? Robbery. That happened at uh, the Bank of America in PB. Actually, I went up there and tried to go in, and it was closed. Like, right. Yep, we just got robbed. Right. And uh, it's not just banks. Um, I, I'm a credit union guy. Uh, we'll talk about that. We'll devote a whole episode as Me to too. what. Me too. I switched right. from Bank of America to credit union. 
And I've been doing it 15 years and love it. So I was at Point Loma Credit Union over there by the sports arena, a hotbed for robbery. And um, mm. yeah, closed, robbed, sorry, out. So that should be your first indication. You don't really see this stuff all the time. And then you go, you see one, so then you go look for the press. The press is hard to find. Right. They're not putting it out there. They're like, this is not the career for you. Right. So they, they definitely are suppressing the news of that it's happening. And that, unless it results in a police chase or some sort of shooting. Or they get them. Yeah. Yeah. So you get them front page. Ah. It happened. No page. The getaway. Right. <laughs> so just over and over. Anyway, it's a funny thing to think about because <clears throat> I don't think that um, any of us really contem- contemplates a life of crime. I don't. We, we don't we generally think if we get involved in it what we'll do is we'll get about six or seven of them done and then we'll get caught on the seventh one and it'll span about 18 months and then we'll go to jail and it won't be fun is selling weed a life of crime definitely not <laughs> uh all right i just wanted to know like what is the definition of living a life of crime it's definitely not selling weed i would actually say it's definitely not selling cocaine in college to so not, people in fraternities either. So a drug dealer isn't necessarily a life of crime. It can be. The second that it involves distribution and um, be arming yourself, uh, it becomes a whole different ballgame. But people roaming around in social circles, giving each other $800 worth of cocaine here and there, especially at San Diego State University, where they decided to criminalize it and did a giant bust about 2007 or so. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. They got them. That was a big one. I mean, they could have done that every year, three times a year since the beginning of uh, the movie Blow. There was something that led to that. And I mean, I'm sure you're going to find the article with a link, but I think a white girl OD'd or something. Something, something, white girl, rich parents. (laughs) We have to stop this now. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That does it. Okay, so... This isn't about bank robberies. Oh, the, I'm, I was wondering where we're going. I mean, look, I can't believe how far down the plank we've walked in just since the 20th of January. Here we go. It, it's it's <laughs> unbelievable. So let's put some benchmarks up there. Let's do it. How many people under the age of 35 give a fuck about the Kennedy assassination? Um, not unless you're pre-law. Like about 1%. Right. Right. How many people above the age of 65 are still bitter and will be bitter until the day they die about that? Right. I mean, that guy, whoever it was, got away with it. Right. At the highest level, at the highest level of the governing bodies of the United States of America, a president got assassinated and it's largely unsolved as far yeah I mean, it's not solved no right and they were still trying to figure it out in the 70s they never really did and now to that 65 year old who's watching that 35 year old not care it's dawning on that 65 year old these people completely got away with it and just simply by the passage of time and move from one generation to the next it's not pertinent in their life so they don't care and they're just going to move on so that crime was a success that crime was a success and history repeats itself so it can't happen again so there's two other benchmarks to put into this the second benchmark is uh gore v bush 2000 largely that election was stolen it was stolen by a supreme court ruling that basically said stop what you're doing and we're going to say George W. Bush is your president. End oh, of story. I'm sorry. Gore v. Bush. I, you had me like, I was like, wait, what? Okay. I know. That's the cold bed. That is the cold. I'm sorry. I'm slow. No. So, and they got away with it. Hey, that's your president. And hey, look, let's go to war with Iraq and let's do all this other stuff. And he gets to be president. The other guy had more popular votes. And it was very, very, very... Uh, unclear how florida was going to pan out one way or another but let's put our thumb on the scale and i've always said personally that was a soft coup 
those guys wanted it Sound, more. Sounds about right. And let's just say the who was the big winner out of uh, that oil companies. There's one individual I'm thinking about rhymes with Dick Cheney. I was going to say, yeah. And he had two things going on. Dick Cheney was a secretary of defense under previous administrations. I see where you're going. And at the time that he was a secretary of defense, he was like you and I, honestly, his net worth at the time. No, he wasn't. That guy's evil. At the time, he was worth a grand total. His personal and family net worth was about $400,000. Hmm. So here we go with Bush v. Gore, and suddenly he has inserted himself as the vice president, and suddenly we go into a major investment ample war with Iraq. And where was he right before then? Halliburton. Mm-hmm. So between his oil holdings and Halliburton, what was he worth afterwards? Mm. Billions? Like, we're talking Putin numbers. Oh, yeah. Definitely. We, we have an American Putin on our hands, and his name is Dick Cheney. Mm, yeah. And it comes straight out of that. And I got a third benchmark for you. And this one's horrible. I don't have to re- remember all this, do I? I can just like play the podcast back. And right. Through the magic of tape. No. Oh, okay. Good. Um, third benchmark. And it's real close to Bush v. Gore. It's called 9-11. I'm not so sure that we've even solved that one. I'm pretty sure that uh, no one can explain to any rational human being how 19 of those guys were from Saudi Arabia. Right. I don't know, I don't know if I have that number right. I don't care. I think I largely have that number right. That... That was a population of guys in golf shirts who don't look anything like Osama bin Laden, who did a whole bunch of really bad stuff. And then they pointed all their cannons at that guy and attacked Afghanistan, a largely meaningless uh, country. And, you know, maybe it was a convenient excuse to go to war. Maybe it was a whole bunch of other stuff. But what it really was, was a major attack on our country that went largely unsolved even today. With all kinds of Bin Ladens living in Connecticut and being flown out of the country and a whole bunch of uh, congressional testimony that to this day is redacted, I guess, for our protection. Right. Doesn't make any sense. So when Trump gets impeached, we're going to find out who killed JFK, what exactly went down with Dick Cheney, and who's really behind 9-11. What's the fourth benchmark? Well, the fourth benchmark is the um, Trump presidency at large. Mm-hmm. This thing is now has a, has a cascading effect. Oh, yeah. And this is going into a bad spot really quickly. Are you on the Twitter? <laughs> I don't have to be on the Twitter or the Insta or the Snapchat anymore. I just am. It's 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 so convenient because you could follow someone like uh, Louise Minch. Sorry if I don't say her name right, but there's just so many journalists out there that are doing the good work that you're missing on, and not you, I mean in general, that the mainstream media uh, isn't getting into because of ratings. But there's just so many people that I'm following, and these aren't conspiracy theorists. These are people that are these are grunts. They're on the ground trying to find out facts and get us the information. They're trying. Uh, um, I want to start with uh, Trump will never be impeached. Mm? Uh, There's no other side at this point. This is now a completely asymmetric uh, uh, battle, and it's already generally being won by the other side. And the other side is not any of the 350 million Americans. The the other side is uh, everybody else finally getting their day to say hey look you're no longer the leader of the free world and it starts with the russians there's a part of it that's the chinese and it's going really badly and if you could i can't ever stress enough that there's a concept called the black swan event the black swan event is a wholly inconceivable thing that then happens and that because it's inconceivable, you have no manner with which to comprehend or defend against it. 
And 9-11 is a perfect example of that. Less so was the Bush v. Gore, less so was the Kennedy assassination, but you put those things into a catapult, one to the second to the third, and now this fourth. These are things we weren't ready for. We weren't ready for them as a nation mentally to look at them and say, we're being attacked. We're being attacked either from within or from outside the country, and this is happening, and now let's marshal our defenses and go to work. We're, we've been incapable of fending these things off And this is now an escalation of that. This is an information war. It's been put against us at a level that I don't think any of us really understand. And we're not arming ourselves. We're disarming ourselves at this point. And that, it has become pretty much the most disturbing thing I've seen in a second. I don't, I'm following you, but I can't, I can't. I can't function without be- believing that that some good can can shine through and the, the truth comes out and either either he's with Russia or he's not. I I do believe that uh, these invest, but you know you raise a good point that it didn't happen in the, in the other three cases. That behind, I don't I don't think he's a willing partner. I think he like everyone else. It, what the healthcare vote today means to everyone is. We are a nation of opportunists. Doesn't matter what. If you can get your agenda done in the vacuum, let's go get that done too. Right. Still has to go through the through the Senate. Well, and, and it won't any pass fixes, the Senate. Any won't. fixes goes back to the House, which any fixes are going to eliminate the, uh, who are those teabaggers? Uh, the Freedom Caucus. It has a very... Very, very good chance of finding a way through all three houses. They own all three. They it does. The, they've got it, the White House. It does. But, you know, they still have to, you know, they're going to kick this stuff back to the state level, right? That's what they're all talking about. Let the states decide on pre-existing conditions. I'm not, I, I don't, I'm not even thinking in those terms. They're, they're going to do it. They're going to do that. They're going to let something really bad happen with the Korean front. They're going to let something really bad happen with the European front. They're going to let whatever was going on with the Ukraine just go. They're going to let all these things happen at once, not because it's got rationality, but because it's got purposeful chaos. It's meant to be an active war. Right. You're supposed to alienate every possible side until implosion occurs. That's what's the net effect of the war plan against us. That's making America great again? That's these are slogans. That's not what was the, the that was not the real intent. Uh, Trump was just an opportunist who happened to be the figurehead that made the most sense for the other side to say, we'll just put him in and then we'll keep some dossier pictures of him getting peed on. And then whatever we need from him, we'll get from him. But in the meantime, he'll make so many mistakes that it'll just be easy to capitalize on. This is just like planes flying into tall buildings in New York. We don't know exactly what's going to happen next other than on every front, whether it's the State Department or the Department of Education or the Department of Transportation or our southern border, we're going to make the purposeful wrong decision and let chaos ensue. You don't think that uh, Comey's going to come and save the day with his grand jury reports and start federal indictments and... I, um, you really have no faith in any of that. I definitely don't. I definitely don't understand how Comey got to be the head of the FBI in a democratic regime. I think that they, you know, he had some interesting and really admirable traits going into it, but that's not what you do when you're in power. You don't put a Republican in charge of the FBI in the middle of a democratic presidency. Hmm. And they did it. Right. And it doesn't make a lot of sense. And, and, uh, now that you've lost all faith in my credibility, I'll take it a step further. I think at some <laughs> level that um, Obama only had partial control of the government at any given time anyway. I don't think a president ever has complete control. I think that the mechanism of not having control happens to be the FBI. That used to be. That's why J. Edgar Hoover was in for so long. And that includes being through all of those Roosevelt administrations. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't get there without having a bit of you can't touch me. And I, you know, 
draw this back to the Kennedy situation. Kennedy found some bad stuff out when he was there. He said if you he found out if you don't do what they want with the Bay of Pigs, if you don't do what they want with their um, plan to uh, take over this Vietnamese conflict from the French, if you don't do what they want, it what they want, then bad things begin to happen to you. Who was the head of the FBI through that entire situation? That was J. Edgar Hoover on about his 46th year. You know, it, it was a continuous thing. He didn't have any control of the Pentagon. The Pentagon hated him. He, he didn't have any real uh, backing from any of the different parts of the, the government. He just won the election in a way that a lot of people didn't quite understand. And so they were basically trying to do to him what they wound up doing with Obama as well, is basically marginalizing him and telling him, you can do a few things, but beyond that, don't, get, don't let it go to your head. I think they threatened Obama. I think they told him, hey, if you go too far, uh, duck. We'll, we'll pull you back in. Look what happened to your predecessor. The last guy who ever looked like you who got into the White House from that side of the spectrum died. Right. So you know, same, same general stature, skinny guy, 6'3". Oops. See, I don't think... You, see, you didn't lose me. Maybe I'm a little naive on some things. Maybe it's my my youth, which I'm not really that youth. But I do believe that uh, I I don't know. I do believe that uh, that 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 there is good in the world. And I do believe that this situation can be resolved. But I do also understand that we are in a constant state of perpetual war because of military industrial complex. So I get that whole half of it. I mean, I, I can't sleep at night if I didn't have some sort of faith in this process. I'm having no trouble sleeping at night. And I j- it just feels like the last couple hundred sleeps before the apocalypse is all. Well, the apocalypse is definitely coming. I'm, I can't give Trump that much credit, though. Yeah, he's know, an idiot. And yeah, he's a puppet. But I don't know, man. In Terminator, uh, when she was at the end of the movie driving through Tijuana and going south and... It was going to be really bad for a while. That's, I mean, that's what I think. I think you got to have an exit plan at this point. Like these, we were talking in the Andy Boyd and Dan Broza one about watching all the ships deploy. We now know they're deployed. We right. now it's that's now front page news. We now know that they actually took a circuitous route so that um, it wasn't front page news that we were making a beeline for North Korea, but now they're all there. So there's no, it's sort of like some of these alien invasion movies. Like, oh my God, the Armada is around the country. And now, they're, they're, they're surrounding why, it. Why North Korea and why now? Because of chaos. Th- that's just it? It's just because? Right. That, that seems, why not a couple years ago? Why not five, ten years ago? I mean, the, the Korean War never officially ended. So why now? Why Kate- Trump? Chaos wasn't the regime back then. Chaos is the regime now. And so wherever there are flashpoints, you just simply go there and start making mistakes. So if if we were talking about how they were systematically blowing up all the infrastructure behind the Ukrainian regime last time we talked, and now since then we've had um, them do a largely illegal attack, uh, credit to Dan Carlin, um, largely illegal attack on Syria that they didn't get any mandate from Congress for and just started dumping missiles on them. A lot of people say that the cruise missile strike on Syria was timed to the dinner bell at Mar-a-Lago. Right. Which is, he wanted to see a fireworks display for his dinner and he did a little bit of watch this. And that's, well, that was the best chocolate cake. Maybe it was Operation Chocolate Cake. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're a genius! You figured it out. I'm not. How I'm, come they didn't? How come they didn't pothole the runway? <laughs> because it was largely for show. Yeah, because the Russians right use that right. You dump a bunch of missiles inadvertently into Syria. What goes away right then? They were really finding a bit of resonance. Rachel Maddow was getting somewhere with the Russians did it. And then Syria, which is a Russian ally, and then suddenly that stabilized. Yeah, right. Right? I I saw the smoke screen go up. And that was the whole thing I was saying is they didn't crater the runway because Russia uses the runway. 
Okay. What's going to happen? Russia's going to send some naval fleets in there or some sort of naval blockade because they need the ports of Syria. That's why Syria is what it is, a flashpoint. And all of a sudden, you know, they're, Trump's going to come in and save the day. And like, hey, peace. Okay, we'll reduce the uh, the sanctions. Next thing you know, Exxon strikes that deal. $500 billion later, Russian oil. Unbelievable. <laughs> it's unbelievable. And the, they had a really hard time convincing us that there was a real rift in between Russia and the current government of the United States. And it lasted about six days. Right. And then Rex Tillerson was there. And then he met with the Russian leader. It, it took six days. I think I think things are real quiet right now on the the Trump Russia front. But I, I feel like the things I'm reading, I, I'm telling you, the things I'm reading, there's a lot of people looking and and sniffing it out, and and a lot of people talking. So I have faith. I do I do believe Trump will be impeached. I do believe he could potentially be in handcuffs along with other people of his administration. If you have a lot of faith, um, a couple of guys that I, I would recommend that you read to sort of depress yourself out of that faith. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I, we talk about Matt Taibbi a lot. Uh, Matt Taibbi flat out attacks um, using the uh, Russian in- involvement in the elections as a crutch. He thinks that's a hawk, and you're just basically hawking your own inability to control your own government, and you should probably get over it and really try to get it at your own government. Um, I think he's as delusional as Elizabeth Warren when he says things like that, um, but he brings up a really, really valid point, and he also says, no, it's never, ever, ever going to get better. That guy formed, he cut his teeth doing journalism in Russia right after the breakup of the Soviet Union speaks both languages there's another person uh, Julia Ioff I'll put links to both of them they're invaluable in their understanding of just how far the chaos has progressed where do you read their information from your RSS feed or what what are you doing well I mean Matt Taibbi is the lead political reporter for the Rolling Stone Uh Uh, and Julia Ioff is uh how do you spell Taibbi? Uh, T-A-I-B-B-I. I'm going to say that Julie Ioff, I could get this wrong. I think she is a lead political writer for The Atlantic. But um, a lot of these people are very freelance and have about four or five magazines that you've heard of that they're writing for uh, all the time. And there's others that are just absolutely excellent. But these two, because of their bilingual nature, when another Russian... Uh, person who's opposing Putin gets assassinated. That's th- th- those two people are the right people to confront about it because they'll tell you first. That just uh, what without the opposition party in Russia, the the leader just got some like I don't know. They just bukkakeed his face with something, right? For the second time, they yeah, put that green stuff on. And the green stuff got on his eyes. Yeah, the second time. And that picture was amazing. We'll put that picture up on our Facebook. Yeah, that's I mean, a bukkake that doesn't do it for me. I mean, how long has this been going on? I mean, what happened to that guy, the Belarus guy who got poisoned and his head turned into like twice the size? Was that, uh, was that the radiation one? No, it wasn't radiation. These guys are poisoning each other. Yeah. They're, they're putting the worst stuff they can find in spy magazines in each other's coffee over and over again. Hey, yeah. watch this. Yeah. That's a, oh, that guy that, that Matt, that Matto, um, interviews all the time has been poisoned multiple times including two months ago you like rachel maddow i do do you really i do that 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 trump tax return ruse was just that was it for me i would never want to see her again i never want to talk to her again trump gave her those taxes or gave that report of those taxes that's right no does anyone remember when they were going to open the time capsule Oh, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to take a break. I'm going to do some quick research on this time capsule that ruined Geraldo Rivera. Is that when AIDS came out? No, but close. (laughs) We're going to go find this thing and we're going to talk about that next because that was Rachel Maddow's moment with this tax return thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it's kind of turning back in her favor, but I I agree with everyone who said that that was just ridiculous. We'll be right back. All right. So Geraldo Rivera, 35, 36 years ago. Uh, went on national TV and decided he was going to open Al Capone's vault. Mm. 
and he was going to find all kinds of magical stuff that Al Capone had put out there for us to find under the circumstance of his death. And there wasn't anything there. Nothing? And they were on live TV, and they're pulling out Tic Tacs. <laughs> some Yahtzee. Ah. And it was just one of those things you just cannot possibly imagine the guy's embarrassment. And it was on live TV, so they had to play through. Right. Keep it going. So this wasn't 15 seconds and cut to commercial and go go to the weather, and then maybe there's a baseball game. These guys were on TV for 60 minutes talking about a largely uneventful time capsule opening. I know where you're going with this, but let me just throw this in there real quick. Uh, on election night, Stephen Colbert did the live election. A it, farce coverage. And, I remember this. Um, who was it? Uh, a Char- was Charlemagne the God was on there. And I forget who the woman was. And it was the most awkward because, you know, Hillary's got in the bag. Right. And it was, and you know what, S- Stephen being the uh, the consummate professional, he did it for a good 20, 30 minutes of, like, after realizing that Trump had won, of just somehow people, we will bring it together. And finally, he just gave up and he walked off stage. Right. Rachel Maddow. We've got to find that spot in us. We can't continue to, like, say... Hey, this is going to work itself out. I don't think that we have anywhere near the posturing or the wherewithal to like take some sort of uh, staunch action to go solve this thing. But it's probably time for ninety percent of the population to realize what's exactly happening around them. I agree. You know, I've lost a lot of Facebook friends over this. Over what? Over uh, just this this whole Trump America situation. I guess I'm posting too much about it but i'm passionate about it you know it's i guess i should be up front i don't see it i guess i don't like i don't live on facebook um at all well you just don't follow me and that's i'm, I'm fine with that it's not that i don't follow you it's just that i don't read it i don't read it at all for any reason and, you- when I, and when i do that's the one time like every fourth week that i see one of your posts i'm like it doesn't dawn on me that you're doing that every like 48 hours <laughs> <laughs> Probably small. Well, what do you do when you take a dump? Um, Play Yahtzee? No, I got these problems. I definitely... Re- oh, you don't take dumps. You're like 80. What? No, <laughs> no. That's what prune juice is for, brother. No, I got I got loads of time to read over the news, and I read over the news. It's just not the news you think. Right. Oh, gotcha. Okay. I'm reading Julia Ioff, who I just introduced you to. Yeah, um, Julia Ioff and... Uh, Matt Taibbi are both on Twitter. So now I get to read what you read. Right. Because I get all my information from Twitter because of who I follow. And that's, that's for, that's just my, that's my Bible. Who do you follow? Oh, goodness gracious. No, no, no. no. Top five. Quick. Top top five. Bam. Uh, Go. NPR. um, Actually, uh, KPBS and um, uh, San Diego News. um, Those are like my main ones. Really? As far as people for political opinions. Oh, geez. I'm, they're just, I, I, I've shuffled through my people, but that, um, that Mensch, the woman I just mentioned, uh, she's been one I'm, I've been on, uh, Louise, Louise, mm-hmm. Louise Mensch. Um, she's, I think she did time at the guardian. She's English. So she has an outsider's perspective and I appreciate that, but she's really, really in the weeds on this. For uh, what it's worth. One of the guys that was on that, uh, Stephen Colbert election, uh, coverage was a guy named John Heilman. And that's a guy I do follow on Twitter. Um, but he doesn't do news coverage. He sort of does anti-coverage on the news. He just sort of talks about what he had for dinner in the space that you would normally associate journalism and just goes the other way. It's weird. Right. Um, there's something I want to cover if, if, if you weren't going to sit on the, the, the pot of Russia all night. Is it? Hey, man, I just wanted to get to the bottom of the thing. I got that out. I've been dying to tell you that and the world that for some time. And there's not anything else you can do. You can't solve it. So that's it. You go figure it out or you don't, but at least you recognize what those shiny lights mean as they're raining down uh, over the next six months. Right. Nuclear winner. There you go. All you. What do you got? Uh, It's not all me. I mean, I I want your opinion too, uh, but, um, you know, friends, family, those that don't know me, uh, born and raised in San Diego, proud to be a San Diegan. And over the weekend, I've never been so disappointed. Uh, 
about San Diego being in the national news because we had a shooting up at UTC at a pool party. And uh, I have a, a buddy of mine, um, Drew Phillips, uh, was at the pool, um, was was right in the middle of the gunfire. Um, you know, I, I haven't talked to him personally, but I've been following the story. Um, but, you know, the guy's shooting and I guess who knows what happened, but my guy didn't get, he didn't get shot, but... He actually found out that he knew the guy because he worked with him at uh, Ford. And, uh, I mean, it's 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 tragic tale. Um, Monica Clark, oh, I'm sorry, Monique Clark, um, unfortunately, she, she was killed. Um, I believe she was 38 years old, mother of three, beautiful woman. Um, and she's gone. And they were all there celebrating uh, this guy Keon's birthday at a pool party in UTC. Some people call La Jolla. I'm from San Diego. I call it UTC. And it's you know here's this here's this here's this this psycho who who just the the world's pressures was on his shoulders and he brings a handgun and, and multiple clips to a pool and just just starts shooting people and people are you know people have all these opinions you know this is you know those white guys shooting black people and you know there's all these things you know gun control and all this the fact of the matter is th- these people's lives are changed and. And because of this psycho, because this guy, forever these people are changed, and, and they have to deal with this. And this is this is the world we're living in. I'm not going to sit here and and you know say we need to take away everyone's guns because I'm not like that. I have guns. I love my guns. Don't take my guns. Something's got to happen. Something's got to happen. When Newtown goes down, and nothing happens, you know this is close to home. This is in my backyard. My friends you know, affected because of this and nothing's going to happen because of it. This is the world we live in. And, uh, you know, I just want to give respect to Drew Phillips. Um, you're my hero. Um, Drew, you know, through, through the gunfire, Drew jumped over a fence. Um, and then I, 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 the details are a little unclear, but I guess he went back and, you know, his buddy was hurt. He got hit. So, you know, Drew's a big guy, throws him over his shoulder and, and takes off and saves this guy. That is a hero. That is a guy that in the face of danger, in the face of death, in the face of insanity, in the face of a psycho, dodges bullets to to take care of his people. And we need more of that. We need more of those people that are willing to put themselves, you know, in harm's way. There are good people out there. There are people like Drew Phillips all over the place. As many psychos as there are with guns, there are people like Drew Phillips out there that do care. It doesn't matter, black, white. Republican, Democrat, it doesn't matter. None of it matters. It's it's about people like that, helping other people. So I don't know if you're going to ever hear this true, but I love you, man. And, and what you did was absolutely amazing. And uh, I'm sorry for your loss. And uh, you're my hero. You can't ever plan for this kind of thing. And you always wonder in the face of it, whether you're a soldier going to war or a civilian going to somebody's birthday party if you're going to face this kind of catastrophic situation. And you sometimes um, are just unable to handle the bravery of otherwise regular human beings when they face this kind of thing. And I read all the stories. I read how the interaction was played out. I I read what people were doing to try to sort this out. Uh, it, It was unbelievable. People that you know and a lot of the city knows we're in the middle of all that and they were helping each other and doing everything you're supposed to do in that situation and it just it appears to me that it was a random domestic violence situation where the victims were everybody but the ex-girlfriend that he was on the phone with when he was shooting right and the same thing happened you know a couple weeks ago with on facebook live where another psycho with a gun um, you know, broke up with his girlfriend, talking to her on the phone, and then and then shoots this poor old man on the side of the street. Right. It's, at some point, we're going to have to come up with just a benchmark. There is no law against a lot of what you're seeing it, until it gets to the too late point. Right. We, you, of course, there's a law against shooting somebody, but every single second up until the crime occurs, there's not a law against it. So you can be unhinged and you can walk into any store and buy a gun for any reason in any state. And if you're unhinged and they start to make some laws, they've got all kinds of workarounds if you need them. Right. You can get a gun. You could have, 
You could be a, a career criminal psycho. Well, I don't know about a criminal, but as long as you didn't get caught. It's ridiculous. No, criminals, like, can, wait, can convicts can get, uh, when you get out of jail, can, you can get a gun too, right? Unless it's a violent felony, I think. Or I don't really know other than yes. <laughs> I mean, other than, you absolutely can. What, yeah. what, what is the barrier? If every single law was against you, right? In, right. in the United States of America, with gun shows and Craigslist and Alternet and everything else under the sun... If you want not drugs, not MDMA, or like we were saying before, you know, to distribute cocaine on campus to your fraternity at San Diego State, if you wanted lethal weaponry, all of this whole information in a localized fashion, whether it's Craigslist or social media or whatever, all aids and abets that process. You're a felon. You just got out of Vacaville, and it's time for you to um, go do your next unsolved bank robbery. You got about 50 resources to pack up in about 10 minutes. Right. Absolutely. And that's that's the nature of where we live right now. It's sick. So, I mean, how do you how do you combat that when you know when when all this is in front of you? I, I remember you know I, I got out of high school is 1998, and the saddest thing happened it was there was a murder suicide um at my at my high school and i i knew both the people so close they were so close to me and i was shocked but i remember you know the conversations afterwards was we saw him there were signs there were signs of his deterioration there was you know we could have done we could have we should have there was a lot of that but People didn't. And it gets down to if you see something, if you hear something, say something. You the writing's on the wall. If you got a homeboy as a kid used to torture cats, say something. You know, it, it's I mean, not saying that's still your friend. I'm just saying if you know somebody, a loved one or somebody, and, and something bad has happened and you see the effects it has had on them, and you know they're packing heat. You know, you hear about, you know, I was listening to NPR and, and the, you know, the there's the, the vets that are coming back and, you know, the suicide rate is so high, but there's vets out there that that know there's they have a problem and they give up their guns to, to friends of theirs or their friends, you know, take their guns. And, all, you know, all, I'm going to get so much, you know, so much BS on, on my Facebook feed about this. You know, you're trying to take my guns. I'm not trying to take your guns unless you are fucked up in your head and I think you're going to hurt somebody. Yeah. I'm coming for your guns. There's a lot of, there are a lot of ways to die. And there's a rule in our culture right now. It's the rule of the 30 thousands suicide, gun violence, uh, car accidents, drug overdoses, heart attacks, 30,000 each. They just generally occur in the same frequency. Right. So if it wasn't going to be one, it's likely going to be the other. Oh, yeah. How much of that is preventable? Well, I, probably all of it. Uh, probably less than 20% of it. We, I strongly disagree. Some part of this is just rolled up fate. We can get frustrated about the, the circumstances like the UTC shooting because they were, in fact, something that we should have been able to not have to experience in this world. Right. You know? Well, heart disease. How do you combat heart disease or the dr- drugs, drug uh, disorder? Um, you either jog in the case of heart disease or you don't take drugs that ultimately lead to your death in the case of drug use. So it is, it is preventable. Uh, it's completely unnecessary. But in those cases, the, it's up to the individual. Whereas gun violence, I, you don't have a choice. Every single one of the five categories, the big five in the club of 30,000s is completely unnecessary. Right. Completely unnecessary. You know, we're in a way, our narcissism is allowing us to choose 150,000 annual deaths at our own hands. Right. I, a friend of mine gave me a fat talk. And that's when I realized that guy really does care about me. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, you're so fucking fat. I don't want you to die. I love you. And I was like, oh, that's cute. Pass the hot sauce. <laughs> I mean, I did get you a book. Uh, oh, that was that you? 
That wasn't a fat talk. That was just a book. You oh. were saying, hey, what, what should I do? And I'm like, here's something you could do. Wait, you're not my friend. I'm talking about my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I can deal with that, but I am going to go jogging in the morning. Oh, I wish I could jog. And then on the same day as the shooting, um, a San Diego County uh, mother of three uh, lost her leg in a shark attack at San Onofre. Yes. Terrifying. And so we're dealing with... Um, a, a, a bunch of crazy situations. Uh, there was a really awful shark attack in uh, South Australia about a month ago. Um, mix that with the ongoing stuff at Reunion Island, which I've now seen that documentary, and I think I put it up on our Facebook. Um, it makes me wonder how long before Reunion Island basically overruns just not reunion island the island but reunion island the shark infestation situation overruns australia and comes for south uh the southern coast southern west coast of the united states that's madness you know uh, my buddies and i have been talking about this a lot lately the seal population in la jolla is out of control absolutely pigeons of the sea like a bag of chips and what do great whites eat bags of chips bags of chips man i mean it used to be pretty well known uh things are bad in the san francisco bay things are really bad this group of islands about 20 miles off called the Farallon islands uh and you could see all of this um feeding great white feeding footage from the Farallon islands of them just taking out all those uh sea lions oh my goodness um that population moved south it moved south congratulations right um you now are the proud owner of a very fertile hunting ground there was another related story um doesn't involve sharks it involves killer whales Ooh. uh off the coast of monterey um going all the way south to laguna so 400 mile stretch it's huge a pod of about seven very aggressive killer whales began to take on friends that at some points that pod grew to 40 and they were taking uh, an atrocious and unbounded attack structure and just nailing humpback and gray whales. Oh. By some estimates, they were eating in the neighborhood at 12 a day. Wow. And there were, uh, there's all kinds of, um, uh, Hey, there's another carcass floating off of Laguna Beach. How did it get there? It's all begun to be attributed to a pod of killer whales that's doing all this damage. They're mainly centered off of Monterey, but they're migrating and going wherever they can find food stock and going crazy. And there's seven that are the core. And they've actually got, the scientists have actually got like names and family relationships between the killer whales they've identified them to that level and they're with a great deal of fascination they're watching these people i'm saying i just said these people they're watching this group of killer whales just decimate whale populations and like we haven't seen anything like this not historically not in 60 years of observation we don't know what we're looking at right now but it culminates in this they have whale watching trips. You can go on whale watching trips. And so it's super fun. I went on one in Hawaii. You can get one out of San Diego Harbor and go off of Point Loma. You can get them off of Monterey. So there's a couple of these trips that they took out of Monterey. And these guys went out there. And what did they see? They saw... Shamu. They saw a bloodbath that you would normally attribute with the baby harp seal massacre in Canada where the entire bay turns red. So these people came back off of this whale watching trip with PTSD. I need the link for that. The, it, it is, the, there was two of them, two specific trips where these people came back ashen white, unable to really talk about what they had just seen. The ship pulls into a pod of killer whales essentially decimating a group of humpback whales and just eating them and nailing the kids first in a way that you will never be able to unsee. Wow. That's crazy. So whatever's all the, uh, all the crazy strife on, on the planet goes into the water too. It's not just on the surface. 
just stuff I've been thinking about. Hey, that that pot of killer whales. It doesn't have anything to do with the Russians or Donald Trump yet, but at some level, you got to figure that global warming and seal populations and all that stuff. It's interrelated. It's all related, man. Black fish matter. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I um, it's it's killing Sea World. Sea World's dying. Man, this is a depressing podcast. Is anyone still listening out there? Oh, uh, they're they're people feed off of depression. Is that what it is? Yeah, they're they're all the way at the end right now. You know what? We're gonna end on this super depressing note. What happened this year with SeaWorld? This year with SeaWorld? Yeah. Uh, the 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 orcas no longer are for sport, and uh, they're building roller coasters. They're building roller coasters, and what else? Um, I got a pass there, and I drink beer there, and take my kids. Don't well, don't ruin this for me. Don't fuck this up more than Blackfish did. What doesn't happen at night? What doesn't happen at night? Fireworks. No. Until further notice, we have decided we will no longer be showing the fireworks unless it's a special holiday display. No. They're broke. It's not it's not broke. They're just out of options. I mean, I don't know. It always seemed gratuitous. They're doing fireworks every night for 40 years. Yeah. Dang. I wonder if they're... Uh, the, I, I the can't new say ha- it too soon. I can't say that. The new house that I bought, they told me that we have a view of the SeaWorld Park... Or the SeaWorld Fireworks. And now, <laughs> I got to talk to my, my real estate agent. Fuck. Hey. But wait, 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 wait. No, finish your thought. What do you think's happening? <laughs> what do you think's happening? Oh, no. That's just the sign that the, the end is nigh for those guys. Yeah. I mean, okay. So, so ki- like killer whales. Okay. The Trump Russia, killer whales, my homeboys, pool party, SeaWorld fireworks. The end days are near. It's not getting more orderly. It's getting less orderly. That's a fact. I will say this. Here, all right. We're going to end it on a hopeful note. I decided I'm going to go the other way at the very last second, trying to. There's no coming back, Joe. We do live in the state of California. The state of California is pretty close to basically taking the leadership position on the globe like it always should have. Woohoo! Cherry Brown. I mean, it's everything. Uh, global warming. This is the one place to be if they actually do repeal health care. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they just line it all up. We, we don't really care about the Trump immigration politics. We have a scared minority in the interior of the state who are aligned with the right. We'll kill them off if we have to. Well, Oregon Trail almost did. They almost died of dysentery. Right. Um, repeat after me. Presidential candidate, Jerry Brown. <laughs> Too late. 20, ain't gonna happen. 2028. No, it's going to be Elizabeth Warren. I think she's going to be the VP with the man, the myth, the legend. My personal favorite, Bernie Sanders. Oh, that's not happening. That guy's 100 years old. Yeah, but he'll live to be 110. And he's still a fringe candidate, and he still shouldn't be president. Yeah, it'll be a little awkward, but we shall see. That's all I got. It's the FYA podcast. Thanks so much for listening. There'll be links for everything at the end. Um, Write us and tell us what you think. Thanks so much for joining the long-growing list of people who've liked the Facebook site and listened to what we have to say and submit some guest recommendations. Do whatever you'd like to do. Um, It's not as bad as we made it seem. We'll have a much more positive and hopeful podcast next time. For now, it's FYA. Thank you. Out.